Not much has been captured in our news category for farm workers in January. However, there was a good news story promoted by GCIS and reproduced in Sowetan Live on the 2nd, which profiles the case of Ntifalo Private Limited Trading as Protea Farm. This is a land reform initiative managed by Marilyn Siegel, who in the article is characterized as a former farm worker's daughter who received the award for the 2019 Top Entrepreneur in Commercial Agriculture in the Western Cape. However, elsewhere in Mpumalanga, the stories were more to the normal script, where it was reported that the Department of Labor was investigating illegal deductions by Cameron Bourdere from farm workers' wages. According to workers interviewed by the Sowetan on the 14th of January, these deductions accounted for almost half of their wage bill. Interestingly, however, the story indicates that one of the major deductions was for the cost of grazing for the livestock owned by the farm workers. The story does not provide any indication of how many stock the workers were allowed to keep or what the terms of the agreement was between them and the farm owner. Workers' complaints, however, prompted an inspection by the Department of Labour and Penwell Domini for the Sowetan reported that the owner of the farm was not available for comment on the matter. Unfortunately, like many of these stories, we have been unable to track down what happened as a consequence of the investigation, but we will be watching this space. Shifting now to the theme of land governance and administration, an editorial in the Mail and Guardian on the 31st of January reflects on the progress with the implementation of resolutions taken at the 45th National Congress of the ANC in December 2017. Among these resolutions was a commitment to secure the tenure of 18 million South Africans living in communal areas. This included an undertaking to, quote, democratize control and administration of areas under communal land tenure, close quotes. The editorial revisits these recommendations and those made by the reports of the Motlante High Level Panel and the Presidential Advisory Panel, both of which recommended that the legislation which created the Ingonyama Trust either be repealed or substantially amended. As highlighted in a previous weekly land use update, the Minister for Agriculture, Land Reform and Rural Development, Toko Dudiza, had sidestepped this recommendation in her statement made in December, which set out government's response to the panel's proposals. The editorial reports at the Cabinet planning session held earlier in January, which set out to identify priorities for the year ahead, quote, the issue had been returned to the back burner where it has stewed for the last quarter century. Close quotes. The editorial concludes that once again, political expediency has trumped principled action. An op-ed in City Press on the 10th of January by Zakele Mtembu of the Free Market Foundation reviews the implications of the signing into law of the Traditional and Khoisan Leadership Act in 2019. He focuses in particular on the, on the significance of Section 24 
which gives traditional councils the power to enter into agreements with third parties, such as mining companies, on behalf of the community. Mtembu argues that, quote, the effect of this section will remove property rights from individuals and give them to a council. This is an injustice which may include deprivation of land, close quotes.